this Skype thing is really not good right now. Hey, Colin. How you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> Skype, uh, topic of the day. Uh, yeah. I, I was closing out Skype, quitting and restarting, which should never be a thing, but um, I closed and restarted <laughs> it, and then said, hey, guess what? We're updating Skype for you. <laughs> I wish that was the case over here. Um, maybe that is what's happening, and I don't know. Which that's going to be a, a piece of the follow-up that I have. That maybe there should, maybe I should be getting an update, and I can't. Do you know if there's like a menu in Skype itself that gives you an update? Yeah, I'm. I had to had no indicator or anything. You know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, I wanted to ask you about something right right off the top here. Well, first, I, I wanted to say that I've been I've been sick. You're gonna notice it in my voice a little bit. And I might cough a few times. I'll try to hit mute. But uh, I've been sick since Tuesday. Wow. But I'm pouring some I'm pouring some Malbec here to uh, quelch the cough. You know. So that should help. This is a um, 2015 Mendoza. Everybody will know this as um, Cupcake Vineyards. Uh. I can pull a, a feather from my friend Gary V's hat to That's do a, a wine wine review here. Uh, a um, home remedy, right? <laughs> Actually, I did make a hottie toddy earlier in the week, which worked magnificently. Which is lemon and honey and tea and whiskey, and it was delicious. Um, okay, so I want to talk first, right off the top of the show here, about um, car maintenance. When do you? How often do you get your car oil changed and tires rotated and and brakes, uh, you know, fixed and all that stuff? How often do you? Or do you worry about that a lot? Do you, you know? I know you don't. I don't drive all that much, but um, I I do worry about it a ton. I have a very old car, kind of a old clunker, right mm-hmm. now, and mm-hmm. it's it's got over two hundred fifty thousand miles on it. Nice. Mine yeah. has 175,000. I am a big, firm believer of of driving cars right into the ground. Yeah, and then that's I, – I actually recently, <coughs> a month and a half ago now, um, I – for some reason, I don't know if it was somebody borrowed the car, but it, it ran completely, leaked all the oil out, and then the engine started to overheat. And so, you know, I stopped, put more oil in it, and – um, everything was fine, and then I felt you know, it was like oh, the transmission's being being weird. So I take it to uh, a transmission shop, and, um, and they're like, "It's not your transmission. You just don't have an intake manifold. It's like completely melted." Yeah. And and so I was like, okay. Well, let's fix that. Do a you know transmission flush. Do an oil change. Let's just do everything right now. You know, I'll I'll take the uh, the financial hit and keep the car running for another, hopefully, four or 5,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's kind of been my, you know, oil changes and brakes as I need them, um, you know, five, ten thousand 10,000 miles or so. It's been my kind of the usual maintenance, and I, I keep track of everything because, um, you know, well, I'm sure it's just going to go to a scrapyard. But if somebody wanted to buy this from a private party, they'd love to know when these things were last done. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm okay at getting it done. Um, I probably wouldn't be if my wife didn't like do it. Like she she takes the car a lot to get done, just because you know stuff like the oil change and stuff just get done in the middle of the day. Blah 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 done. But um, uh, I do okay at it. My 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 goal would be every three thousand. It probably ends up being every five to six thousand. Even though my goal is three thousand, I don't I don't quite get there every time. The reason why I brought it up is um, today was the first snow. And I've been meaning to get new tires on my Jeep um, just because I wanted them for winter. And um, I was like, oh, I want to wait till the last minute because I want to get as many miles out of these tires as I can. And then, you know, once it starts snowing, and today it snowed, and I'm like, ah, now i gotta go. <laughs> now i got to go buy these tires. But um, it, sh- it shall be done. Uh, all right, cool. So... We both we both keep up with our cars, which is good. We, we, it's also a testament that that you know if you have a car that that runs to the hundreds of thousands of miles, um, if you got my Jeep right now and you drove it, you wouldn't think it had one hundred seventy five thousand on it. Uh, it runs really really well. It shifts really really well. Um, you know, it sounds quiet. You know, so on and so forth. So like, those are important things. You know, a lot of these motors. You know, some are better than others for sure. There are some motors, like some of the VW motors, some of the little Honda motors. They run forever. Um, like I know people that have uh, Hondas that are over a half million miles. Yeah. And um, you know, that's just to put that in perspective. That is like driving to the moon and coming back. That's how far that is because the moon's around two hundred and forty thousand miles away. So they have driven to the moon and back with a Honda Civic. Like it's insane. The so. um, the I have, I have a Mazda six, and mm-hmm. the Mazda threes and sixes um, up until two thousand eight, and I guess model year two thousand nine, but really until two thousand eight, yeah. um, they were using these horrible Ford engines um, mm. on you know this early two thousands platform that you know the Ford Explorer and like all these you know. Cars that had issues, and they've since fixed them, you know, both the Ford and Mazda's built it building their own engines. Um, and so, if you have an engine that, you know, lasted longer than 150, 175, then you were good, because it was, well, you didn't have one of the problem engines. Yeah. Because that was my thinking in buying this car, and, it, and, you know, it's been good for the, you know, almost two years that I've had it until about a month ago. Yeah. Um, so... I'm I'm probably due for uh you know upgrade to to something you know probably that has like 60 or 70 or 80,000 miles on it and then I'll put another 160 on it and, and drive it into the ground. Yep. Yeah, I see you're you, you're a terrible dieter cuz didn't you say you were on a diet last week and now uh, this yeah. week I see you're laying waste to some some uh to, to some chocolate chip <laughs> cookies and and uh, is that hot cocoa again it's, well, for the is, second time this is, today? This is yeah, for the second time today. I because I, I saw it on Instagram or, or Twitter or something that you were already had hot cocoa today. I'm like, man, this guy's just you. You have got more chocolate calories going through your brain veins. It's insane. Um, I'm I'm gonna have one healthy meal today um, for dinner. <laughs> I, I have a a salad, um, leftover bacon and cheese salad that I'll do do as my dinner as a light dinner, and then. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, salads, sure. Sure. Dra- health drinks. Um, you know, oh, I'm boy. on the like the, the keto version of uh, Soylent. Yeah. 
and then Thursday, you know, it's, it all gets destroyed. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. This week is I have a four four day weekend as well coming up. That's going to be interesting. Okay. So follow up from last week. Uh, I wanted to go through a couple of Windows Ten topics. Uh, the I have a few issues that I've had. So so today has been the worst day so far with Skype. Um, I don't use Skype too often. I use it with you a lot. Um, and I, I'm guessing I'm going to be using Skype a lot more often now that I'm switching to Windows because I used to use FaceTime for most of the stuff that I would do like this. And I would think that now I'll be using Skype because or a Google Hangouts or something, but it, it won't be FaceTime because it's not on Windows. But... Um, Skype today alone, like I'm, I would be very happy if we got through this entire episode without it crashing on me because it has crashed four times today before we got on the phone or before we got our connected here. So, um, I, I, and that's been, that's the first time that's happened. So I'm guessing that I'm, that's why when you said that yours just updated, I'm guessing that maybe behind the scenes mine's trying to update and I'm freaking it out, but it's not telling me that it's updating. So I've had that problem, but I also had a couple of other problems, um, and one I'm, that I, I'm definitely open to trying other, um, yeah, video, video, Zoom, video, yeah. video programs that um, are Windows specific that you know we wouldn't have tried on. Yeah, but you already paid for this audio recorder, you know, and it's for Skype, right? I mean, it might work with other things. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, one really big problem, and I don't know if you know the answer to this. Um, I've asked other. Windows users this week anyway, and I haven't gotten a, a clear answer yet. Um, I do have to do some of my own research, but Windows updates, can I stop them from happening? Um, I think most of them, yes. <laughs> because I went, I went on a meeting with a, a potential you know, business development meeting, and I... Um, had taken just the top, like I've been, I've been doing that lately when I go to a meeting with a client or a potential customer or whatever, um, I just undock the top of my Surface Book and, and go to the meeting, which is nice because I have at least four or five hours worth of, of battery there, and it's super light, uh, lighter than my iPad, I think. Um, and so I throw up my bag, and I got there, and all I have to do to... Um, so anyway, I, I, go, I, I turn it on to take notes, and... And it's it says in the bottom right hand corner like updates were were um, installed and to finish the installation I have to restart and it gave me like I don't know if it was like a dismiss or okay or whatever but it was not certain what I should do to not yet restart because I want to take notes for this meeting that's all right. I can restart after that um, and the, none of the the touch screen was not sensitive like I could not use the touch screen at all. So I had to hold the, I had to hold the button down and shut the thing up. Um, so that was one problem, um, and that's a big one because, like, I don't mind. I guess that it does the security updates automatically. I think that's smart of Microsoft to kind of force people to get the, the smallest and 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 most point release ish stuff, like so that you know denial of service attacks and crazy malware and stuff like that gets blocked. But in general, I don't want my computer to just restart on its own. One, number two is I don't mind it actually doing the updates, but still let me use the computer. Um, 
even if I got nagged every ten minutes until I restarted, it would be better than nothing. But anyway, it 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 made it so that it probably took twenty minutes before I could start taking notes. Wow. Yeah, it was really like it was very frustrating for someone that just switched for sure. And then the other thing that I've been having lately is every now and then um, when I go from docked to undocked and it switches from tablet mode to desktop mode and vice versa, that sometimes it will lock in one of those modes um, and I can't touch the screen. And it, it, so I, I, there is some problems now. I don't blame, like, I think that this is a, it, it is a probably a solvable thing and it will be solved. But, um, I wish that was a little bit like more reliable. Yeah, the switching between those two, especially when like you do have a tablet mode, yeah. like like a physical tablet mode, like that should yeah. automatically like when when that latch goes, it should automatically switch. It does, and, and it it does it. I would say my experience over the last week and a half, probably it does it. It probably does it. Eighty percent of the time, perfectly. Well, but that's the thing you need. You need ninety nine percent of the yeah, time. Right. No, like, I, I agree. It's it's understandable. So, like you know, maybe once a month or something, where oh, there's there's some glitch or something. Oh, there's a bug. But yep. yeah, you know, you need every. <clears throat> and then the last thing is is that sometimes the mouse in I've only noticed this by the way in Microsoft applications. I have not noticed this in Chrome, which I use quite a bit. I have not noticed this in Simple Note, which I use quite a bit. Um, I have not noticed this in I'm trying to think of other non Microsoft stuff that I use. Um, let's see here. I haven't noticed it in other other applications, but in mail, calendar, people, which is the context uh, thing, blah blah blah. Um Sometimes I have to restart the application for the mouse to work inside of it. Like I'll be clicking on on something in the app, and it literally is doing nothing. Hmm. And if I restart the app, I can click on stuff again. And that probably happened this week probably four times, and that's a lot. So I'm thinking I'm one update away from them fixing like a lot of glitches because I think I know for sure this hardware is brand new. That's the yeah. first thing. So I'm, I'm um, wondering if that's that's the issue. Is yeah. is that you're, you're at the 0.00 or whatever, and they need to just push the, the latest revision. And I, I'm hoping that that a I'm hoping that this is a very very popular version of their Surface Book because, uh, and I know that their Surfaces didn't sell all that well in the very very beginning, but then they slowly ramped up and and um, the Surface Pro seems to be selling pretty good, um, and the Surface Book seemed to start doing pretty well. It's pretty expensive though, so it's not like there's tons and tons and tons of people buying them. But <clears throat> I'm really hoping that if this one's somewhat popular, um, that that it'll incentivize them to get get an update out quick. Like hoping that these new customers have a good experience, you know. So those are some issues that I've been having. Um, I, I I hate to start this this week's show off or this week's show. Listen to me, this week's show. This is, this is not David Letterman. This week's uh, audio bit with with us dogging on Windows because overall it's been pretty good experience, but. So, so to, to balance that out, like, what, what are be like two positive things that like you've noticed in the week? Um, so I just want to talk about um, yeah, I want to talk about keyboard shortcuts. So um, that 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 is the reason why I have that on our list today is is that it was pretty positive that I'm starting to figure some of these out. 
some of them I really like. So, um, uh, I'll, I'll put in the show notes so that everybody knows we're going to actually going to have some show notes this week. I'll put some in the show notes of some, of some YouTube videos that I watched of a few of the keyboard shortcuts that are out there. Um, this will be very Windows, informative for me as well because I am, am in this uh, non-pro user category right now, and I'd love to get like the keyboard shortcuts and like memorize them and like figure them out. Yeah, the the, the first the first thing maybe maybe next week we can even talk about like I, I want to probably make a Windows segment <laughs> of our show pretty much because well here's here's the thing there is about wow that was a good sorry that was my knee. knee- Knee that jam. Was, that was my knee jam. Um, there are, I don't know, 20, 30 very good podcasts that deal with Apple and iOS and Mac. And I'm going to go out and look for some that are on Windows. But um, maybe maybe us adding a segment to the beginning of our chat about it being about Windows might not be a bad thing. Because I actually wouldn't mind. By doing that, by, by forcing myself to be able to explain some things that I'm finding. I'm going to maybe get better at it myself anyway. So one of the things I really like is, um, and these were more like uh, OS level keyboard shortcuts, not like text editing specific or video editing specific or anything. These were just keyboard shortcuts in general in the operating system. But one that I really like uh, is Windows D gets you your desktop in one shot. Oh, that's awesome. So that was really nice. And then doing it again takes you back. Yep, takes you back to the state that you were in prior. Um, Windows E gives you your file explorer in one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's very handy. It's a, uh, it's an open a new file explorer window, so you can do that multiple times. Yep. And Windows X we talked about last time, which brings up that like somewhat, you know, Pro menu, the power user menu. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they call it, but that's and then that's what and I'm then from it. there you can tap um, one of those, you know, whatever letter you want to open up, and it'll open it up. Yep. So and then yeah, that's X, and then K for disk management, or A for command prompt in admin mode, or T for task manager, et cetera. Et cetera. Yep. One uh, that I used, I I probably used this particular keyboard shortcut on Mac. More than any other, maybe besides like Command T for for opening a, a new tab in a browser, it is Windows Home will hide all applications except for the one that you're on. So, as an example, if you're in Simple Note and you're jotting down your next blog post, or you're writing up a draft for a client of a contract, or who knows what you're doing, but you're doing something that you think you know you'd rather have less distractions and and you have Twitter open, and you have your document and Excel spreadsheet and everything else. Um, on Mac, what I would use is Command-Shift-H, I think, or Command-Control-H. I can't remember because it's just my fingers did it automatically. But it would just it's called Hide Others in Mac. And this is Windows Home, which is, a, which is not a bad keyboard shortcut because they're left and right-handed. But it is, they are far apart. Like It isn't like something that you would do just with your left hand. I always appreciate left-handed shortcuts because it means that even if my hand's on the mouse, I am still able to do that keyboard shortcut um, with one hand. But anyway, that would be a stretch for one hand. But Windows Home will 
uh, will hide every application save the one that you're on, which is very, very good. Um, Windows C will bring up Cortana. Uh, so Windows C like allows you to just start talking to Cortana if you don't have the hey thing enabled. No, uh, enabled, which I do have mine enabled currently, but I haven't used it too much. And some other ones that I really wish Mac would have. Huge. Windows has this thing of snapping windows uh, to the left and to the right and so forth. Well, in Windows um, 10, in the latest versions, they have also being able to send a window into the quarter of a screen. So not just in the halves of a screen, but in the quarter of a screen. So you can use Windows down, and it'll minimize the, the app that you're in. Windows up will bring it back up. Windows left will dock it to the left or snap it to the left, and Windows right, etc. But I think, if I'm right, yeah, is it up Windows down. up yeah. and down when it's snapped? Yeah, so it you will... go right to snap it, and then you go up to go to the quarter. Yep, yep. so you, it, it's very, very handy, and I'll tell you where this is really handy. Things like this Skype call, I can do left and then up, and then you're only in a quarter of the screen and, and stay there. And my notes can be in the right hand, and my, I can have a browser in the left hand again. So especially if I was on a larger screen, which right now I'm still using the – that's another topic I'd like to discuss sometime, that I cannot use my Thunderbolt display. I'm pretty ticked about that, even though I bought $90 worth of cords, and I still can't do it. What? Um, yeah, I'm going to have to take the cords back. Um, so, But if I was on a large screen, and I could like snap a couple windows into like four quadrants of my screen, that's sick. And yes, these things can be done on Mac. Yes, there are utilities that make it even easier. Um, but but this is this is pretty nice um, to to be one you know click away from from doing that. Um, the other one was let me see command command T will will take you through your taskbar one by one. Um, that may or may not make sense, but in your taskbar you have a certain number of applications that are either running or even not. You can command T through them. Um, what was the other one that I really liked? I like Windows Tab. Yeah, so Windows Tab without continuing to cycle, like not Alt Tab, which is different, but Windows Tab will give you the ability to create a new desktop. And there's also... If you do Windows Shift Tab, no, sorry, Windows Shift Tab, nope, Windows Shift D, nope, Windows Tab D, Windows Tab D, at the same time, will give you a new desktop immediately. All right. So that can come in handy. Um, so I've been learning these. There, there's a few others, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to a YouTube video or two that should show these off pretty well. Somebody went through the, you know, the painstaking thing of doing that. So my next thing to learn, like I, like I told you, I think I said this the very first time we talked about me getting on Windows, is I do view this as like a three-month process. And every week I'm tackling new things. This week was, um, I did get Bash up and running. I'm, I have Git installed using AppGit. Um, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm able to do all of my source control. I'm able to start programming again. Um, and so my this week also was keyboard shortcuts for window management and, and different things. I want to get fast. I want to get really, really fast with this thing. I, I want to be Beethoven when I sit down at my computer. That's always 
how I've always wanted to be is, uh, you know, when Mozart or Beethoven sat down in front of the piano, you know, magic happens, and that's kind of the way I am with my, I would like to be with my computer. Um, there are a few things that I, I really want to look into this week, I think. One is uh, keyboard shortcuts for text editing. I still cannot figure out how to get the cursor from the far left side of a line to the far right side of a line. Oh, it's function. Found it. Bam. Because it's not... Instead of instead of command to the right or command to the left, I can use function, right, or left, and get... That was huge for me, because when you're programming and you want to get to the end of a line or whatever, it's... Uh, <laughs> you function, know, function up and down? Function up and down will go all the way up and down in the document, but if you go left and right, it should go to the end of the line. Oh, it might be the browser, right? Oh yeah, who knows what a problem. So that was big. Like so now, I'm in symbol note right now, but uh, any any text editor should do that. Hopefully, which I'll check after this. Oh. But I want to get really good at that stuff. Like yeah. I like being able to like with one or two uh, taps on my keyboard select a, select a word. Which Windows does pretty well with. Like, if you double-click on a word, it selects it. Which sounds like a very small thing, but that's a big thing. Um, I wouldn't mind being able to install a system-wide dictionary this week. Um, so that when I, let's say I'm, you know, in my transcript right now, I have the word maintenance. If I double-click on it, it, it highlights it. But I'd like to right-click on it and be able to see its definition. And on Mac, that's built in. Um... You can choose which dictionaries to include on the Mac, like the like Oxford and different things. So I would really like to be able to do that. I don't know if that exists on Windows. Um, it seems like it should, but I have no idea. Um, so I'd like to do some things like that. So I'm getting there. Also, I wish I wish I had Tweetbot. I miss Tweetbot more than anything since switching to Windows. Tweetbot is the thing I miss the most. If that makes any, if that can put it into perspective for all anybody out there that's thinking about switching from Mac to Windows. As far as they're worried about their code, or they're worried about their databases, or they're worried about their photo library, I miss Tweetbot the worst. Because Tweetbot is just the best, uh, like the Twitter application on Windows is terrible. I wrote a blog post about it this week, and you can look on my blog for that. But Okay, so that's, that's keyboard shortcuts, and uh, we will do some more follow-up on that in the weeks to come. But I hope, Danny, a couple of those seemed like they were not ones that you had employed in the past. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to, you know, watch that video when you post it because, um, you know, like I said, I, I've just kind of like skimmed the surface of Windows 10 just for for the use of, you know, I, you know, it was it was really, you know, I got this to game and yeah. for, for VR and, um, and to not have like the limits of, oh, uh, you know, I'm on a laptop and, uh, you know, I'm suddenly pushing the limits of 16 gigs of RAM. And I can't do anything about it. You know, I want yeah. you know I, I want to be able to throw in you know take take out the sixteen gigs of RAM that I have and put in a single thirty two, and then when that gets you know when I get pushing the limits of that, I'll throw in another thirty two, and then by the time I put push the limits of sixty four, I'll be able to put in one sixty four, and then you know continue on that way. Like it's just uh, you know the. The power of upgradability um, is yeah. is just 
one one of the key things of why you know why I have a desktop tower. Yep, I can understand that. So, um, a topic that you wanted to bring up is next. Yeah, um, let's let's talk about video and and doing video. Um, now I. Everybody has a phone that does video, or if you have a modern phone that records, it records at least in 720, and it probably records 1080p, even if it's poor quality 1080p. Um, but um, I, I, you know, I, I recorded three short little videos this week, and I posted them on my on my blog. And um, you know, I put them up on YouTube, but half of the videos in my recommendation recommended videos on YouTube are why I left this particular YouTube channel and, you know, why I, why I'm thinking about leaving YouTube altogether. And, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, talk about like why YouTube is kind of like anti creator, anti, um, like not the platform that people want to be on anymore. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe I just throw my videos up on S3 or um, and, and use, like, a plug-in in WordPress or just upload straight in WordPress or, you know, just thinking about, okay, what are my alternatives? And so yeah. that's going to be my, my question to you. And, you know, if anybody has, has like, what do, what do they do for, for video outside of, oh, well, you know, like, the default right now is I'll just throw it on YouTube. Yeah. Well... I have a lot to I have a lot to say about it. Um, even though you only brought this up to me a few minutes ago, I I, I do have a lot of experience in the video world because I worked for six years for a video startup, and so <coughs> <coughs> sorry guys about the coughing. Um, that I I know the challenges of people having uh, you know the challenges of getting video online, and it sounds crazy in 2016 to think that it's hard, but it is because it's a lot of data. There's formats to deal with, there's streaming, there's quality, there's all kinds of things. And so, the, 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 really quickly though, the point about YouTube not being for creators, one thing that people need to realize about any of these platforms, which is the entire point of this indie web movement, because you, you're, in your notes that you sent to me, you even wanted to know like what, what was the indie web way of doing this, and it's important that you bring that up with IndieWeb in there is, is sort of saying none of these free platforms consider you the customer. And you have to understand this. If you use YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or anything, you have to realize that you are not their customer. You are their product. And they sell you to advertisers. And the reason why YouTube and, and, and a lot of these creators now are feeling left out in the wind is because algorithms created by Google are now turning off particular videos from being monetizable because they don't have monetizable content in them, which is saving Google some money, uh, and it's saving them some aggravation on the advertiser's end because advertisers come in and say, I want to spend a million dollars on YouTube views. Um, it's probably less than that, but it's hundreds of thousands of year per company, you know, especially these humongous brands. Um, and, and they're spending tons of money and they're saying, I don't want my stuff next to, uh, a picture of a dead lion or next to someone railing on Trump 
or next to whatever. You, you fill in the blank if there's something yeah. that the advertiser does not want them next to. So they get the say, not the user. Even though the user is 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 arguably the most important piece of this whole puzzle because it, without without people making interesting stuff, no one would go to YouTube, you know? Um so, so there is a, a, it's a very weird dance that, that Google must play. Um, but just know that if you ever load anything onto any platform, whether that's a tweet or a video, that you are not their customer, you are their product. And if you're okay with that, like many of us are, I mean, I still tweet and things, but I full well know that in any day my tweets could be gone and that's just the way it goes. So that's, that's my rant about the whole YouTube thing. So do you want to put your stuff on YouTube yeah. and blah, blah, Yeah. Um, and you then... Know? And then, uh, do you think that there's like a there's a balance between, like, let's say, like me or you? I mean, you, you probably could get, you know, some solid local sponsors for, uh, mm-hmm. like a a Pennsylvania specific video channel or something. Um, yeah. But I, I think, like, the balance of, you know, getting a you know, whether it's a, you know, just like a local sponsor of the content to say, oh, hey, you know, we want to support local creators, you know, people making videos and doing stuff. Um, even it's just like by association brand promotion of saying, yeah, like we're giving back to the community, um, you know, here's a, you know, $500, $500 a year grant to, you know, help yeah. offset the cost of posting video. Um, I, I feel like, like doing that or, you know, things like Patreon and other, yep. other sources of rather than saying, okay. Yeah, I'm, they should divert. They have to diversify and not and not just accept AdSense because that's where they're going to get killed. Yeah. And the same thing happened to bloggers in, in 2003 and 2004, 2005 when people were, were blogging about knitting and getting $10,000 a month paychecks from AdSense because the advertising dollars were being poured into it. And then as content became more uh, ubiquitous, it was everywhere, and there was tons of knitting blogs and tons of race car blogs and tons of Honda Civic forums and blah, blah, blah. Slowly, the advertisers began to pick and choose where their stuff was uh, put. And so everybody's AdSense checks went way, way down. Then video had a humongous explosion, and then AdSense made a lot of sense there. And people like Casey Neistat are making six, seven $700,000 a year off of it. And then it starts to shrink again. It's just the way it goes. It's um, probably going to happen in VR. Whoever the first nine to 15 people that are in VR are going to make a million dollars. That's just the way it is. Um, but th- there's going to be a shrinking in the, in the market, and, and that is um, expected. So, yeah, you have to diversify. Excuse me. You have to diversify. So I would say go ahead and uh, uh, do a sponsorship. Go ahead and have product placement. Go ahead and do and a I, Patreon. I think, I think you have to do that, like, from the start. In, and well, it's it's really I don't want to say like not not from the start, but don't don't go in expecting oh like this is going to support itself through ads yeah. through like standard Google AdSense or whatever absolutely you know, whatever yeah. other ad platforms that you think oh this is how it used to be done this is how the big top people are doing it you have to go the the independent route like yep. from the start yeah. you have to start, go the independent route starting out with Patreon tough no audience um, but if you if you build an audience, then you can bring in Patreon later on. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of ways to make money with your video, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, this thing I want to kind of want to stress is that, like, there's, there is, you know, 
like Patreon is like a great example of okay, you know, there's there's a lot of people like I follow a couple of writers that are making like their living. You know, is it yeah. you know, it's two or three thousand dollars a month and they can write full time. Um, yep. But they're not, you know, they're not making Stephen King money. They're not making you know bestsellers or anything like that. They just they have a, a job. You know, people people pay them to write their stories online and. Um, that could be you. That could be like, you know, just because like the the big money isn't, you know, is going to smaller, smaller um, groups of people doesn't mean that there's isn't that long tail there anymore. And so it shouldn't discourage people from from like starting to create or just making stuff and putting it online. Um. Okay. So you wanted more talk about. So we got on a little bit of a rant there about about YouTube and making money and stuff. But you want to yeah, talk yeah. more so, about so, um, hosting. Ho- hosting, what, what um, you know, obviously, like, I don't want, like, I'm, I'm probably going to be moving away from Twitter. That's a whole different conversation for another another uh, chat. But um, as far as, you know, I, I want to have my videos somewhere other than YouTube. And, you know, like, where, where do I even start? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, there's a couple things to consider. And, like, you know, I, I don't mind paying. Yeah. And I, I'd much rather be the customer, you know. Yep. Um, and, you know, if, if I have something that becomes a hit, maybe I'll, you know, jump to and, and find, you know, find a, some sort of sponsorship partner or something, but. You know, most of my videos are going to get like 10, 20 views. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be like a, a big thing. Mm-hmm. So I get, so that's the whole point is that you have to know what your video is going to do. And yeah, people are going to have something that maybe might go viral or something. But here's the thing that you have to also understand is when, when and if anything ever did go viral or, you know, and not even that you ever even posted something that you thought would ever do that, but if it ever did, um, what I would do is the first thing I would make sure is that you have some kind of safeguard against having a $5,000 hosting bill. And the way that you do that is that um, no matter who you choose to host your video with or where you put it or how you serve it or anything like that, um, that you somehow figure out a way to cap it. So if if it's a gigabit you know, limit, like saying I don't want to go over this much or whatever, you just make sure that somehow the faucet gets shut off if – if it goes too high, if that's what you want. Um, that'd be the first thing. But so the whole reason of people using something like YouTube is because there are a lot of things to consider when it comes to delivering video. Um, not only is the file size uh, uh, sometimes a hurdle, but the ability to give like multiple copies of it. So when you upload a video to YouTube, what it does is it automatically creates several versions of that video um, in whatever format that they currently host, they serve. I, I, they, I know they were getting into WebM at one point, but I think yeah. now Google is back to um, H.264, but I'm not positive on that. Uh, the reason why they switched to WebM at one point, even though they kept saying it was better than H.264, was because they thought that the people that own that codec, that MPEG-4 level codec, they thought they were going to come knocking for, for money. Um, 
and that's a whole other discussion. But so video format is a discussion. You know, uh, if you host it yourself, you have to know who your audience is because you have to offer it in more than one format. Because you know, if your audience is all iOS uh, users, like all iPhone users, then you can put it up there at one copy uh, or one size or one format. Um, if not, if it's you know Android or um, you know, Windows user or, uh, you know, who knows what, um, they, you might want to have a, a separate size if they're going to be on wireless all the time and watching it. So that's why people use YouTube in general is because they don't have to make any of those decisions. The player itself does all that. There's a ton to to think about in terms of rather than just upload and not think about it. Yep. So, so YouTube does that automatically. The other thing that YouTube does is that it takes a copy of the file and puts it in several locations throughout the world. Uh, and that's called a CDN. It's called a content delivery network. And so if someone in Japan is watching your video, they are probably serving it from the island of Japan. Um, if somebody's watching in Asia, they probably are serving it from uh, somewhere on that continent and so forth. And so that helps with latency. That helps with all kinds of things. And so they're doing a lot of things that, that, you know, they should definitely get credit for because you know, so is Vimeo, by the way, and so is uh, Brightcove, and so is, you know, Vidler, and so is uh, any other video service out there that you can pay for. Uh, Wistia, um, they're all doing very, very similar things. Google's probably ahead of many on several technologies, like now with 360 video and other things. But um, so that's, that's one thing to consider is, is if you don't want to get a little bit geeky, and if you think that there's going to be, even within those 20 people that might watch yours, th- there might be 20 different types of people. Um, and so you might you might want to consider that. It doesn't mean that you, maybe you don't care. Maybe you're like, listen, if it takes a while for them to download, I don't care, whatever. So that's one thing is, you know, can you figure out the formats and <coughs> all that? Hosting is also important as far as um, the features of the host are important. So, the way that the video file is delivered to the client, the client being the person that's viewing it, um, there are several ways of streaming the video. There are um, several different technologies that, that offer streaming. I'll give you one example. If you've ever tried to... Um, if you've ever gone to a website that had an MP3 on it, you can't... You can you can listen to the MP3 right in your browser. You don't have to open it up in anything else. You don't have to download it and put it in iTunes. It right. lets you thanks usually to, thanks to browser built in. Yeah, but you cannot scrub or it, to use a technical term, but you cannot move the playhead to a point in the file that you have not loaded yet. Okay, um, that is a particular type of streaming. And then there's another type of streaming that YouTube does, which is that even if the, the video is an hour long, I can fast forward to the 45th minute in, even if I haven't loaded it yet, and the playhead will begin loading the video at that point, even if I have not loaded the previous 45 minutes. So those are two different types of technologies. Some of those technologies are available on things like Amazon's hosting packages, things like, I don't know, wherever you host your WordPress blog, some of them may have that. And you can look in their technical technical documents for that. I think they call one progressive streaming and one something else streaming. Uh, forgive me, it's been three or four years since I worked at Midler, and so I forget some of these. Yeah, I should the- I should know this because I 
you know, the last startup that I worked at was in video and doing, doing all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's they, so they, many they crash terms. and burn. So, um, <laughs> there's so many terms, it's tough to keep up, but, but essentially what you're, you get the, the, the reason why I described the feature is because it's easy to remember when you've ever done that. Like, you know, if you haven't loaded the 45th minute yet, you can't get there until like the progress bar gets there. The other thing that, that YouTube does really efficiently, which this is interesting, let's say somebody goes to your website and they load, they load your blog post with that video in it and the browser uh, can be set to either automatically start downloading that video, not play, you can set it to not auto-play, that's fine, but you can set it to start automatically downloading the video. But let's say I leave that tab open all day and then I close it, I never watched it and your video is 15 minutes long and it's 100 gigabytes, or excuse me, 100 megabytes at least, or maybe even a 1 gigabyte for 15, 20 minutes. Um, I may have loaded all that data, and, and you're charged for it. It hits you right in the wallet, and I never watched it. And so what YouTube does, and many other video platforms, is that they only load about, depending on your connection speed, they only load a certain amount of information in front of the playhead. So if your playhead is at 2 minutes in, it may load up to five minutes, but it's not loading the seventh minute yet until that playhead moves forward. And it's because if you close the window, they've only loaded that much of yeah. the video. So to, it saves them... To the problem, to, to the disappointment of everybody that wants to preload videos. Exactly. So you, uh, you know, right there, on Google's end, that saves them ridiculous oh, yeah. amounts of, of bandwidth and money and, and so forth. Um, even though they own their own servers and stuff, but but that same thing is that same thing is true for any of the paid hosting platforms that you might go with. Like if you went with Wistia uh, or Vidler or something, is that they do that too because it saves you money and it saves them money. Um, and that, that's that's a technology of the player. That's a technology yeah. usually of the of the the Flash player that they employ, or even their H.264 players, their HTML5 players, whatever you want to call them. Um, uh, they build that kind of smart loading into those players to help save money. And so there's all those things to consider. I mean, I just rattled off a couple things, but all of these things are, are very advanced topics. They're not for the layman at all. It's not like Instagram and just uploading a picture. It's oh, not yeah. like, you know, even nowadays people think like, oh, it's no big deal to share photos because I just go on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. The photo I take with my iPhone is 12 to 15 megabytes now. Every single one of them that I take. And I'm sharing them on Facebook and Instagram in two seconds because it, it does do a lot of things to get from that 15 megabyte file to something that you can share with 100 of your friends in two seconds. It's not giving them that original video file. But with video, it's even more incredible. So mad respect to all the engineers behind the scenes. I know many of them <laughs> um, or I've met many of them behind the scenes that, that work on this stuff all the time. And they, it's a very thankless job. Yeah. But when you're watching... When you're watching Snapchat stories and Instagram stories and video on Instagram and video on Twitter and video on YouTube and video on Vimeo and Netflix is downloading on your TV at the exact same time, and uh, there is an amazing amount of work that went into making all of the little idiosyncrasies happen to make it like a fairly good flow for people. When you pause, what does it do? When you when you want to rewind, what does it do? Um, and, and these these are problems that have been solved by people that have stayed up long hours to figure them out. So I would say that if you're in the IndieWeb camp, it's one of the things that you see the least talked about in the IndieWeb sphere. Um, they talk about photos quite a bit because it's fairly easy to solve in comparison to video. They talk about audio quite a bit because it's fairly easy to solve instead of video. Video is still a fairly hard thing to solve, but I would say this. This is what I would do. 
I would save a high-resolution uh, H.264 file, a low-resolution H.264 file, and maybe, maybe a Ogvorbis open-source format of the video. Maybe. That's a maybe. Um, and I would, I would use HTML5's embed, which allows you to have multiple versions of the file so the user can choose, and that's it. Um, I would store it either on the host that I currently host my website with, if they have a fairly lenient bandwidth uh, package, which mine, I think, is WP Engine. I do not think they're fairly lenient. I think they're fairly strict. So I probably would put, I would probably open up an S3 bucket and throw it there. Because S3 is ridiculously cheap. That's what I would do. And if users started complaining, I would I would maybe figure it, like, up, you know, upgrading to... Uh, you know, I would say, like, as far as the most consumer-friendly one, probably, well, Vimeo's player blows. I really got to say that out loud. Um, yeah, that's, that's the only thing, like, I would, you know, cost-wise and, um, you know, they, you know, in the past they've talked a good talk, but they're, yeah. I, I, that's the thing that holds me back from being like, oh, well, what about Vimeo? Well, uh, it's not a viable option because they're player size. Yeah, and, and it's funny because... It, you know, obviously, having been their competitor for a while, like, I'm, I'm the type of person that I really like our competitors, you know. Um, I, I always respect people that do good work and everything, and, and, and Wistia is an amazingly good competitor. Um, they, they knew who they were from the beginning, and, and they yeah. did a very good job with their technology, and, um, and I respect them, and I think it's great. Um, but I would say, like with Vimeo, I've always felt the opposite. They always attracted the the artists and the creatives because their player looked, uh, arguably, you know, I guess it's an arguable an arguable thing. But it 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 their their video player looked a lot nicer and they were affordable. Um, but I, in my experience, and I've been on Windows, I've been on Mac, I've been on really fast connections, really slow connections. Um, I would say that over the last. Almost 10 years, they have never had a good player. It has always loaded way too much data. It's always been slow to react to, to input, and uh, I don't know. It's never been good. I don't know why, I don't know why they don't work on that. Um, so it, it's, it's probably the only thing that would ever keep me from using them, uh, not because of their prices, not because of their customer service, and certainly not because of their platform. The platform looks pretty nice like as far as uploading and everything. It looks yeah. good, but, but their player just doesn't work. It's not as reliable. You think about you think about YouTube video. When was the last time you got a YouTube video that didn't work? Never. Two or three it's years perfect. ago. Two or three yeah. years ago, they they are having issues, but you know. Yeah, but YouTube YouTube does millions of streams a minute. Probably I don't even know what their numbers are, and you never have a problem with them. Um, so anyway, that's that. Uh, okay. So lots, I don't lots know of different that, lots of things to think about, um, especially doing like thinking about doing video in the in the indie web context um, or especially in the indie web context and you know how can you do that if you you know you know maybe maybe you have it on you know on your own s3 and then have a script that you know once it hits 20 downloads it swaps it out for the YouTube yep. um, you know the YouTube embed because you're like, well, that, that, that's all I'm willing to pay for, and if I have a huge audience and it suddenly goes viral, 
you know, when it, when it hits that 20 download mark, I'm, I'm willing to let YouTube get, get the views and, you know, I'll monetize it somewhere else, somehow else. I agree. You know, some, some sort of other you know, <laughs> compromise in terms of, well, you know, b- being realistic about, okay, well, I, you know, I, I, I can't afford a million views. Like, yeah. You know, yep. Especially if, you know, you go to bed and then, you know, the next, you know, the next night you're the new Rick Astley or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, that'd be great to be able to monetize after the fact, but you'd still have a huge, huge bill. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to be careful with these things. And the same thing goes for our podcast that we're doing here. I'm just putting these on S3. But S3 is very, very cheap. Yeah, and th- I think the other thing is, like, like audio, you know, maybe these these files, like, just straight recorded is, you know, 100 megabytes or so. And, and yeah. video, that's, that's like, a, you know, 10 seconds. <laughs> yep. Especially so. when you're dealing nowadays with 4K and whatever else, so. So, so you wanted to talk about Nintendo's stuff. Yeah, um, I am, you know, just kind of in the in the same vein of like, okay, looking at the alternatives other than, you know, the main platform that everybody uses and you know default, um, and I feel like emulating and looking at people that are successful despite not, you know, going the main course of, you know, I'm gonna be a developer, so I'm I'm on a MacBook Pro, and I, you know, I have the Adobe Suite, and et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, I feel like those would be like the, the default choices. You know, if you're going through, or if you just graduated from some computer science or design course, or you know, something like that. Those might be the things that would be recommended to you. Or if you, you know, get a job at a startup, they might be like, oh yeah, we'll hook you up with a brand new MacBook Pro and two 27-inch, you know, monitors from Apple. Um, and, you know, this is kind of like the default choices. But um, I like looking at companies that are successful and even wildly successful despite not being, you know, one of the main platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just because it gives you an, an idea of, okay, like I'm, you know, I will probably never have a business as big as Microsoft or Google or Apple, but, um, you know, maybe I, I can look at what these other companies that have thrived through the years, despite these big, huge companies trying to, you know, get in and muscle in on their business. And, you know, Nintendo's been a great example of that. Um, and uh, they, they recently came out with, the po- the latest Pokemon game for the 3ds, and I I was I was gonna wait to get it, and uh, you know people were talking about oh it's selling out and this and that and it's even a digital download so like there's no real selling out when it's a digital download. Um, What's it called now? So the the latest um, game is Pokemon Sun and Moon, and they, they do like two different versions. Uh, of the same game with, like, minor tweaks to it so that if you want to, you know, accomplish the main overarching goal of, of like, the Pokemon series, you know, so you've got to catch them all. Now there's, like, over 800 Pokemon, and to get 
to catch them all, you have to have both. Or, you know, have a friend with one and you have the other one and you trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, they've come a very, very long way since the mid-90s in terms of graphics and games in general have. But when you think about, okay, they have PS3 games on handhelds now. Like, mm-hmm. on, on the Sony, well, I don't know what, what it's called, the Vita, or whatever, the, the Sony <coughs> handheld. They change the name every two or three years. But on the, on the Sony handheld, it's playing last-gen console games. And, um, like, that's the state of, you know, and on, on phones, you can play, you know, PS3 and, and Xbox 360 games on your phone. Like, that's the, the state of how, how powerful, you know, the processors in these are. They're mm-hmm. last-gen system powerful. Will the battery last that long? No. You know, that's a different, that's a different issue. But the graphics, as far as graphics go, um, that's, that's where, like, the state of the art is. And I would say, like, these latest Pokemon games, they released on November 17th. They're probably one or two, maybe three generations behind in terms of, like, the graphics. Um, mm-hmm. And each time they come out with, like, a new generation of games, they do upgrade the graphics and they do incorporate different um, game mechanics and things to, like, kind of push the series forward in terms of, like, technology and, and everything. But the, you know, the graphics and, like, despite what's available, they're still using, you know, like, having the best graphics isn't their main focus. Like, you know, their focus is on game mechanics and having a game that's fun and um, you know like that player psychology of like keeping people involved and you know, story and uh, all those things that go into making a, a, a game that's fun whether you were playing it in you know 1995 versus you know 2016 now yeah I mean um, they I think I said this before when you, you brought this topic up but they Nintendo has always done that um, they've always been very good at at focusing on the gameplay being so much more important than the than the platform being the latest and greatest of things. So, you know, I remember when I, I, I you know almost every time that they've come out with like a a new version of anything, everybody's always said like. I can't believe that doesn't have the latest graphics set or whatever, like when they came out with the Nintendo 64 and stuff. Um, they, they've always done that, and, and it's always worked in their favor, and they're not, you know, maybe they're not selling the $5 billion games like, like called Call of Duty or whatever the heck those things have made, like the number of, the amount of money. And that's okay, because they just do something else, you know? Um, yeah, I think the, they lost... The, the other thing that I wanted to, to say is, like, the industry standard, and it's always been this way... Um, like for the you know the main console games, um, yeah, if they got a big hit, it's going to be sixty fifty nine ninety nine or even you know some people are pushing towards you know seventy nine ninety nine with you know the one twenty nine ninety nine with the DLC and all that kind of stuff. And here, arguably, you know one of the biggest series ever, game series ever, and they come out with a new version and they could have you know. People are still going to buy it. They're going to buy it no matter what. No matter what the price is, they're going to buy it. Yep. And they continue to price these these games at 
forty bucks, you know, thirty nine ninety nine. Um, you know, that that's not a sale. That's you know, the day it was the, the day it was released. Um, you know, it's not a Black Friday sale or anything. No, that's like the standard price in in Washington State, United States. Um, and so I, I feel like that commitment to, um, you know, we're not going to price gouge people, even though we know we have something that people want that they're going to buy regardless of the price. Um, I, I feel like that, that's something to be, to be said about like building audience and like recognizing, even if you have, um, you know, something that people want to watch or listen to or read like respecting that audience and like the, the synergy you have between that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do think that once in a while they have lost their, their way. Like I'll, I'll give you one example. Um, they, Nintendo, I mean, they, they seem to lose their way when it came to, um, was it, was it one of the link games? I think that came out like, and it was like, I don't know, it looked a lot, it was just, it wasn't what people wanted, you know? Like, he's riding a horse and everything else, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, um, I, th- I feel like one of the things that they they do is they take risks, and yeah. half the time it pays out wonderfully, and the other half the time, it doesn't. And I feel like you have to be able to take those risks, Um. You know, in order to have those successes, if you just, like, I feel like a lot of the AAA game producers are like, all right, this next Call of Duty is going to have zombies because all the other games have zombies in them. And the zombies mode, that's the big thing. We're just going <coughs> to Call of Duty 5 zombies. Or I don't know what number it is. <laughs> 10. Yeah. We'll just add more zombies. <laughs> you know, or, you know, whatever the popular thing is to do, they'll just throw it in and slap a new number on. Or, you know. Through, you know, do a new do a new game engine, and don't have zombies this time. So the next time we can just throw in the zombie mode, or sell the zombie mode as a DLC, or like there's no honestly like there's no innovation pushing pushing forward um, in terms of I think there's there's a lot of gameplay stuff going on, but I feel like Nintendo really does take risks, um, mm-hmm. especially with like their their main you know they, they have they have a ton of intellectual property series that mm-hmm. everybody loves and everybody would be like, man, I wish that was on the, the main platform that I use. But I feel like every one of those series is a reason for some particular segment to buy a Nintendo. And, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's gold for, for a company that does like to play and take risks because it's like, okay, well, you're in the, you're, you're in the market for a, for a new Nintendo or a new game system, and you like Star Fox, or you like Mario Brothers, or you like um, Pokemon, you know, and then you're like, well, they're trying something new, I'll give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, you know, in two years or three years, they'll come out with, you know, the next version of the game that will be less risky. So have you started playing this new game that you got? Yes. Yes, um, I've I probably put an hour into it. Um, just I've been going slowly, and I I've played this year the previous two releases, 
um, just to kind of get caught up in the series and like see how the graphics and gameplay have improved and changed. So I'm going slowly and like noticing all the different little things about it. And there'll, there'll be a blog post um, probably tomorrow about it. Whoa. So that's some commitment. um, I'm, I want to get another hour of gameplay in, but we'll see what, we'll see what happens tonight. But (laughs) well, you speaking of your blog though, you have been blogging a little bit more this week. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I've just been managed, uh, you managed posting to, stuff up. You managed to squeeze a few things out this week? Yep. Um, and then, you know, a lot of that kind of spurred the, you know, you know ha- I had these videos and, uh, you know, I, I walked to the library. Um, and I, I guess the kind of like, I, I've been thinking about, okay, when when do I want to, like, start doing Christmas stuff? You know, I definitely didn't want to do Christmas stuff before Halloween, because that seems absurd. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like, you know, I'm just, like, slowly ease into, you know, in, into the holiday season. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's going to be more, more uh, exciting stuff like that. Well, I'm happy because I like to see you using your blog, so it's good. Um, but th- I, th- I think there's going to be some interesting, like, technology things because I have been, you know, been working on, um, you know, the past six months or so, um, and my work is open sourcing everything and releasing a ton of stuff on on GitHub. So nice. I'm going to be able to blog and talk about that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm finding out if, if uh, how that is all going to end up, but um, I'm, I'm excited. You know, one, you know, no matter how it ends up, it's getting open source. You know, thanks to how the grants work. So um, it, it'll be nice to be able to like show and talk about the work that I've done versus, you know, in a startup environment. Like I couldn't talk about any of the coding code and stuff that I did. Is is all of the stuff that open sourcing it, is it all your code or is it just a whole bunch of people's code? Um, it's a whole bunch of people's code. And a lot of it is just use of um, like different different platforms. Um, <coughs> cool. Like we're the, the dashboard that we built is uh, based on the uh, Laravel, the uh, mm-hmm. PHP platform. So that's that was kind of nice to to work with again. Yeah, that's cool. You guys are open sourcing it. We'll keep an eye out for that. Maybe I'll link it up. Okay, feature of the week. <laughs> Want me to go first? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you got? Um. Something I've used a lot, I thought I would, but, but, I'm, but it's been confirmed this week, is with this pen that is stuck to the top of the uh, service book, which is, it's great. The pen is, it, it stays there. It's never, I thought it would be annoying being there. I thought it would fall off. I thought, um, even less than just falling off, I thought that having it in that spot all the time would stink and that I would ultimately end up just throwing it in my bag. 
Um, I've left it there the entire time, and I really appreciated it. But the feature of the week is not just the pen itself. It's the fact that if I tap the eraser, it opens up OneNote, and I can start... It opens up OneNote and goes into a new document, and I can just start writing right away. So, you know, I sit down at a meeting. I had just been programming or, or editing a video or who knows what. Um, I've got 15 applications open. You just tap that eraser... One note is full screen, blanks, blank canvas, and just start jotting down notes based on the um, the people in the room. I would like to extend it at some point because I can choose what that does. It doesn't have to be one note. Um, I would like to get an app that that does automatic transcription, and as opposed to just me drawing in the app, which right now it's working, and I can then when the meeting's over, I can type in what I want. Um, and believe it or not, just sitting down with somebody and writing on a tablet is far less intrusive for many people than me uh, writing on a computer, one, or, worst case scenario, is typing into my phone, which I did a lot. I used to just take a phone to my meetings, and then I would just start typing what people are saying or the different notes that I want for later on. But it kind of looks like you're texting your friend, you know what I mean? Even though you're not, it just does. It's just the way that it is. But having a pen... And writing on this thing, when I only have the top with me, it has been huge for meetings. I have to say, it's been, it makes the meeting less uncomfortable. It makes it less, making me feel like a stenographer. <laughs> um, and, and I've really enjoyed it. But I would like to be able to just write and it automatically turn into text and then export that to Simple Note. So I have a long way to go with this Windows 10 stuff, Danny. I, I, I want to, I got to learn how to script. Um, like I used to be able to automate things. Uh, with either Apple Script or JavaScript using Automator, and I don't know what I'm going to use on Windows. I have no idea what to use. I guess VB Script. I don't know, but I would like to learn how to script my applications and stuff. So stick with me, people. If you're well, if you've been stuck with me and Danny for these for this hour or whatever, stick stick with me because I'm I'm gonna it's gonna get really interesting. I think. Yeah, I want to say in terms of like that drawing um, and like taking notes. I mean, a large part of that's kind of cultural, but um, it is ingrained in that, you know, like like this morning I was in a meeting and taking notes, and I was taking good notes, but, like, people in the row in front of me could hear the little keyboard going, and, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, you know, are you texting somebody? And I was like, no, I'm taking notes. Um, yeah. And the difference well, you between... Were, the, the, you were in a public between, place, right? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the difference between, you know like, being on your phone versus, like, oh, like, the act of, like, drawing or writing, like, people see that differently. Um, yeah. And then, like, again, on the computer, it's like, oh, are you on Facebook or something? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, um, you know, part of that's cultural and it'll only be here for another 10 or 15 or 20 years. But, like, in the meantime, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So my feature of the week... Um, this is going to kind of sound strange, but it's part of Facebook and part of the Facebook uh, Messenger in desktop. And um, I'd never really seen this feature until yesterday when I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I do this? And so I had uploaded a picture to somebody, and I wanted to copy that link because I didn't want to, like, upload it to, you know, I was going to send a picture to, like, four different people. And, you know, I opened up a, a messenger window and uploaded from my phone to the person. And then 
I went to my computer and tried to like right click <coughs> copy picture and like it gave me this weird long Facebook link that didn't work. And uh, so I was like, okay, so, and then I looked directly to the left of the image in the Facebook chat and it says forward and it says forward in separate messages. And I can just, you know, click all the people that I want to forward this image to and it'll send it as a separate, you know, just like a mass forward, like as if Facebook had somehow built a, an email client within, <laughs> within their system, um, with, without, you know, anybody seeing who I had CC'd or any of that. Um, it was, it was nice to be able to, you know, send, you know, in one click this thing that I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I do that? So, you know, it's the, uh, the forward system that they've got within the desktop Facebook messenger, um, platform that's just made my day having like, oh, wow, like they thought of something that's actually useful because there's so many like Facebook things that they change stuff or they switch things around or they add in a feature that I'm like, wow, no one wants this. And yeah. here's something that, wow, it already exists and it's there and it's actually useful. So, um, you know, kudos to them for for having that, you know, built in and 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 ready ready when I wanted to use it. Yeah, definitely. 100 um, percent. I've always found Facebook Messenger to be a very robust messaging platform. I only use it with like one or two people that I don't have any other contact information for. One of them is Gary Irwin, who is a uh, an artist that lives or that works downtown in Scranton, and and we we went to go see Arrival together, and so we were coordinating that through Messenger, and it tells you when they're typing, and it does all this stuff, and you can send previews, you can send files, you can do this, you can do that, you can do video, you can do audio, you can call the person, you can get them on their phone. Like it's the level of, of complexity in some of these chat apps that people just gloss over and be like, oh, it works great. Like it's just like talking about the video, the, you know, the complexity behind the scenes. Um, chat applications are no joke, and Facebook Messenger is a robust platform. No yeah, doubt about it. You know, and you know, there's talk about them like trying to push people into separate apps and all of that. Like, they have um, to. Messenger you know, is so complex now. That's it's it's a different different thing. But yep. for for the most part, they've been been very gracious about letting desktop users keep their current setup. And so, yep. um, I'm I'm glad I haven't quite yet been forced into some other some other platform. I'm glad that Messenger is still part of like you know I have a great flow going as far as like. Facebook and private groups and, you know, chat all built into one, one Facebook thing versus, you know, separate windows and all this. Um, yep. I, I don't know. Do you, I, do you know what, do you know what the messaging app is in Windows 10? Messaging. No. Um, and it, and it does not tell you either. <clears throat> I have no idea what it does. Um, my guess is that it is a relic of Windows Phone and it exists on the desktop and I don't know what it does or how it works. And it doesn't, it doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> like, it's insane. But it feels like an SMS app. Yeah, it, it feels like, a, like Windows' answer to iMessage. It does, but how would but, it work? But they have, they, well, they have Skype and they have Skype... You know, you can get a phone number for Skype, and that can go from phone to phone. You can text with that as well. Um, I don't so know. Have, I don't know. 
Does it, it doesn't say Skype in there, though. They, well, see, because I, I just looked up the settings for messaging, and it says... You There's know, none. Well, actually, I have... It says, let apps read or send messages, text or SMS. And then I have to turn that on. I'm not going to. <laughs> but the, below it says, which apps can read or send messages? And then so below, did you find, where did you find that? So I just... Um, Windows like key, if you open messaging, typing, um, yeah, and then you hit settings, and there's nothing in there. Send feedback is nothing I get. Well, if you just open up messaging, yeah, um, the messaging app opens, but it says, "Hey, um, before you can open up messaging, you have to go to setting privacy's messaging." Yep, not there. Hmm. Doesn't say that. Well, me. okay, I'm gonna turn it, it on never did. and then try it again. Messaging. Okay. And where? So, where in settings is message? Um, under privacy. Of course. So Skype has control of it, according to this. So let me see. Conversations to, Weird. Um, to Colin. And then it says, let apps read or send messages, text or MMS. But it doesn't even know my phone number. And it doesn't have a cell. There's no cellular thing inside of this Surface Book that I know about. Let's see settings. If there is, it'd be great. If I, could add, if I could add this Surface Book to my Verizon plan, that would be sweet. But I doubt it. New message to. <laughs> Do you have my phone number in in your computer? Um, I'm just trying to see if it'll. It's not, it's not like saying like a phone number is a real thing. <laughs> there's, it, it's a very interesting, like there's no, it's like a, it's like the Outlook. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, there's, it's, it's like a shell of an application. And it is. It's in, not only a shell of an application, but there's like no hints. There's no visual cues. There's setting, no, um, maybe it's you like don't know if you're doing sync. it right. It's maybe it's supposed to sync somewhere. Send, send, me, send me a message in, in the chat. Oop, I got one from you. You did that right through Skype, though, right? Yeah, I, I did that through Skype. And I'm doing it through wind, the Windows notification. Did you get it back? And I got it back through Skype. Yeah, but I did it through the notification. Right. So let me, do a, let me open up messaging. Yeah, I'm, I'm in messaging, and I don't see... If I do new to Danny. Oh, it's, it's because I don't have anybody. I don't, I'm not using, like, the contacts, like the Windows contacts. Of course you're not. You're probably using some BlackBerry whatever. But yeah, I, I think between my BlackBerry I... and, and Google right now. That's, that's the, the other side of this is I want to start managing my, um, like, all of my contacts outside of the Google ecosystem. And I'm, I use the... I use the people app in here, but I sync it with iCloud. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to think about like maybe I want it want to sync with a like a, a file on my own server somewhere that's that's encrypted or like I I don't want my contacts to be on somebody else's cloud. Well, and and maybe maybe iCloud or like an iCloud provider that's specifically for contact information I don't know, I'd have to look at it but do you get you get about a million uh, Baidu links from your contacts on Skype uh, no 
Every single one of my contacts has sent me at least one link to Baidu. Like, it's definitely spam, obviously. Like, from, from real contacts, or? Yep. Huh. Have I sent Funny. you that? Um... I don't think my account's been compromised. No, because I would have told you. Okay. Yeah, I don't see it in here. Um, yeah, I... The... the my Skype pet peeve is that I will routinely get, oh, random person <laughs> has added you as a contact. And I'll be like, all right, let's see what the latest bot has to say. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a message one. Oh, hey, I found you in the Skype directory. Okay. If all the <laughs> other bots hadn't said this, I would be like, oh, great, let's talk. Um, and then, you know, like my number, my number one question is like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Do you do you like waffles or pancakes? Question mark. And then they're I'm like, that wasn't, I'm surprised that wasn't me. Like I'm like, <laughs> you should have. You probably thought it was me because I would ask you something like that. Because like that's that's my you know standard question. Because like a person will be like, oh, this is a strange question, but uh, like okay. I, I don't like either, or uh, I like one better than the other, or I like the same them the same both. But um, like the the bots cannot like, parse this question, and they just, like, skip over it, or they're like, ASL? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I'm like, really? This is a state-of-the-art Skype bot? And and this is the bar for success? Is like, you just go straight to, oh, ASL, hey, I'm feeling lonely. Click on hey. my links. Like, really? Automatic block, spam, Marcus, you know, whatever whatever the other, you know, settings are, but, you know, I, I don't get spam other, otherwise. Um, that's the only thing that, you know, it's like maybe once a week that happens and be like, oh, new. And you know what? Actually, this month it hasn't happened. So I don't know if they, they changed their sign up algorithms or something, but, um, yeah, up until this month, it's been, you know, consistent once a week, a new, new account, uh, message, message me. And, uh, I, I, Ask the question, do you like waffles or pancakes? So, and, and I even, like, I tweeted about this, and I'm saying, hey, if, you, if you're the person writing these bots, just, like, step up the, your game a little bit. Like, I would, I would love to have just a little bit of fun, like, having a conversation with this bot and being questioning, like, is this a real person or not? Mm-hmm. Maybe if there was a conversation going, maybe I would be tricked into clicking these links. Adventures with Danny and bots. All right, is that good for this week? You think? Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think it's good for this week. Um, these have been, these have been fun, and I and, and I'm I'm looking forward to continuing. I don't know about you. Yeah, um, I'm I'm hoping that uh, that both you and I. Um, get some more uh, Windows 10 experience so that we can um, kind of dig deeper into into Windows and become, you know, figure out, like, how to be a Windows power user and what does that mean. Yeah, I, and I know that I will because I have to. Um, and if I have this, you know, our thing to, you know, this this audio thing that we're doing will also help that. Absolutely. All right, well, cool.